1: provoking content, people. We got it on this episode, thought-provoking content. I love that. Um, if you have ideas for thought-provoking content, by the way, you need to send it to us uh, because one of these episodes we did a few months ago on Kanye, we got a lot of good feedback on. And I can't believe Zach here bought the stupid hat. I'm ready. Uh, can you zoom in on that? I don't know if you can zoom in on the world's worst Kanye hat and be honest, how much did you pay for that stupid thing?
0: I, I don't remember. I was like, I've got to get something. I didn't want to get the socks. The socks were still like 20 bucks. I couldn't afford a shirt. A shirt was like 200 bucks.
1: So this was the happy medium. Okay. When Zach says he doesn't remember, it's because he spent way too much money and doesn't want his wife to know because his wife yeah. listens to his podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plausible so just, deniability. We'll just assume what? $100? Not, there's that,
0: no way. What? I'm way too frugal to do that. Okay. All right, but well, probably close. All right. I so, don't know.
1: So it looks like a, a hat from like my dad wore growing up, like Korean War it, veteran. Yeah. Right? Everybody is thinks. That? Yeah. It's military. It, military. Yeah.
0: I was, I was leading one of our after hours programs in the schools. Mm-hmm. And a guy was like, so is this put on by, and he looks at my hat, he's like, Kanye West. And I was like, yes, old man. Yes. This is sponsored by Kanye West. Wonderful. But,
1: now, this episode is not sponsored by Kanye, but Kanye, you want to throw some money our way. We'll definitely give you uh, some more shout-outs. Send me uh, you, All you got to do is keep making terrible merch like this, and we will be happy to promote it and talk more about it. So, um, yeah, let's jump into this episode. I'm excited about this. So I want to welcome Jamie Tanner. Thank you. Jamie, welcome. Um, founder of Simple Sparrow Farms and this idea of care farms, uh, which are which you're going to get into and, and kind of tell us more about. But I really think this is um, – well, one, this is addressing, I would say, uh, a lot of aspects and needs in society, um, specifically around mental health and, and beyond that. And you've got some unique approaches on what you're doing. And, and I think it's really gaining traction in, in other parts of the world, because you're speaking in Australia, was it? Stuff yeah. like that? Yeah.
2: So I'm consulting all over the world. Uh, yeah. We had an opportunity to go to Ballarat, Australia, last year, which is in Victoria, mm-hmm. and globally there is a care farm movement. It's mostly concentrated in Europe. Mm-hmm. Norway, for example, has twelve hundred care farms. The UK has an actual organization uh, supporting social farms and gardens, which is what they're known for there. They have a ton of research coming out, it's just the benefit of what happens when we teach people how to care for land, gardens, and animals, and what they're finding is that they're better able then to care for themselves and other people. Um, and really, like, the core of that is we came from an agrarian community. All all communities, all cities started with the farming culture. And so where there was fertile land, where there was a water source, you could farm, you could settle down. The civilization grew from that. And it's only been in the past really 100, 150 years where – Humans have really shifted away from farming, and a very small percentage now of our population worldwide still farms, but they grow food for everybody.
1: So, Zach, <clears throat> you heard the word care farm. You yeah. try to define it. How would
0: you well, explain to someone not knowing anything about care farms? What would you say? That's what I was going to say. Like, uh, I've tried to pitch Joe on community gardens and all sorts of like hippie things in the past. Oh, my Never God. Had Don't get traction. me started on community this gardens. This sounds like a whole yeah. nother movement. Um, how would I define it? Yeah. What's a care farm? It's It's where I grow care.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's probably Sweet. not it. Jamie, tell I'm, us the real definition. I'm life. affirming you. I'm oh. affirming you, well, and now you. I'm touching and giving you I physical touch care. to yeah. affirm and help you. So, yeah, what we like to say is
0: that's like, po- the ra- like the I'm feeling the rabbit.
2: <laughs> I am. I'm petting the, you like a rabbit. The rabbits are living it.
0: the life. If yeah, you're feeling nervous, there are um, rabbits just out there, of frame here. Yeah, there
2: are, and a snake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, we like to say a potato farm grows potatoes, and a care farm grows care. So a potato farmer, their focus is is getting a product out to the market. Their time, their money, their energy is going to be going into flooding the economy with their potatoes. Mm -hmm. Where we look at care farming is our energy, our focus, our money goes into developing care. And when you look at mental health systems in the U.S. and globally... One of the big focuses, especially by the World Health Organization, is to look at social and emotional learning. And so right now, uh, depression and anxiety is running rampant worldwide. Um, And it is one of the most common uh, mental illnesses globally. And the thing is, is that most of the cases of depression and anxiety are in developed countries. And so these are countries that the people have access to health care. They have access to medications, but the numbers keep skyrocketing. Um, Suicide rates are growing exponentially, especially when you look at the younger populations. And they're not seeing the same things in third world countries. So I argue there's an element missing in our developed countries that is not lacking in these third world countries. Even though you would think having war um, and famine and all these other things like would cause a lot of depression, anxiety in these folks. Well, it doesn't, these people still continue to have joy. Um, I was actually talking to a missionary friend of mine who works with people in South Sudan and she just has these horrible stories. Like everybody has this PTSD But they're not struggling with depression and anxiety. And they've seen the worst of the worst side of humanity and of evil. But they just have this rich, deep joy. And as a care farmer, I look at that and go, well, they have, first of all, community. They rally around each other. The second thing is that they also stored the earth together in that community. And so, excuse me. With Simple Sparrow, um, we are based on biblical principles and theology. When we look at scripture, Genesis 1, 26 through 30, God created humankind in his image. And you look at what God is, who he is, and it's a trinity. So you have this community. It's a community of lovers. God is love. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples that people will know that you're my followers if you love one another. So we are made in that image of a triune, loving community. And God purposed us, and this is in Genesis 1, purposed us to steward his creation. And the language in the Hebrew is not this concept of go and here's the earth and exploit it and take whatever you want from it. God really commissioned humankind to steward creation, to steward the land, the animals, the gardens, to help it live up to its full potential because it belongs to God. And we do that in relationship with one another and in a loving relationship with God. And the fall, if you look at Genesis 3 then, the temptation was then to steal from God. God said, you know, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there is a very firm boundary that God put in place. Humans decided, you know what, we know better. We're going to take what we want when we want it. We are going to choose not to trust God. We're going to choose not relationship. We're going to choose not community. Uh, they were already imago Dei. They were already made in the image of God. And so when the serpent, when the enemy tempted them and said, you know, oh, you'll be more like God. Like there was no possible way that they could. They were already made in the image of God. The temptation was to be more godlike without God. Mm-hmm. So when we look then at the pattern of sin, then throughout scripture, it, lead, it led to death. And the narrative of Scripture is then a loving God constantly pursuing loving relationship with humankind, right? The chesed love, loyal love. Every single book of the Bible points to that. It is to be in relationship with God, to be in a community, to be in this relationship with God and with one another to steward God's creation. And when you get to the very end of Scripture in Revelation, We're back in a garden. So we have this garden at the very beginning where we're in relationship with God, relationship with one another. Uh, Even when God gave instructions to build a tabernacle in the desert, there's all this wildlife and flowers. It was a garden analogy, right? Mary Magdalene, when Christ was resurrected, she mistook him for a gardener, right? This was in John. And then we have a garden at the end. So I argue that we will continue to be stewarding creation in kingdom come. This is our design. This is our wiring. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're just kind of getting a head start on the care yeah. farm. We're just teaching people how to steward, mm-hmm. um, how to care for land gardens and animals. We're, we're introducing them to a relationship, to a safe community, to a loving community. And a lot of people don't experience that.
1: This, this is fascinating to me. So what... What are some of the outcomes that you're seeing within people yeah. as, as they're under your care and learning, um, you know, what you're teaching through um, farming, caring for animals, yeah. et cetera? Yeah.
2: So when we started out, it wasn't this goal of becoming a nonprofit. Right. Like it has just I can I can say with full confidence, like this is God's plan. And I, I guess I'm kind of like just Abram, like, I don't know where to go, God, but I just feel God saying, go in this direction that I lead you. So I said, okay. Uh, it was a hobby farm for me. Uh, I was a combat nurse medic in the army, um, had a lot of trauma from that experience. I didn't know it was trauma. And in my childhood, I also had some childhood trauma. Um, my father has been incarcerated most of my life. So I grew up with a single mom. Um, she got remarried and um you know to this day my father is still incarcerated and i didn't know what the effect was of that mm-hmm. and when you continue to have these really traumatic experiences but you don't have the definition or the tools to like call it and mm-hmm. and understand what's happening you just kind of think you're a weird person and then you just learn to you're always that weird person you're the misfit mm-hmm. right yeah um so it wasn't until much later on in life uh, i got married And uh, I was struggling with some depression and anxiety myself. And for me, gardening and having animals was always something that was very healing for me. And it was something where I felt the closest to God when I could be outside. I grew up in Colorado, so I would go backpacking and camping and hiking and rock climbing, skiing. Like I was always outside doing things. And being outside in God's creation is where I felt God the most. So when, in my adult years, I was having this depression, anxiety, like debilitating, um, I knew like, okay, to get me out of this funk, like I need a garden, I need animals. And so my husband tolerated that. (laughs) (laughs) He's an electrical engineer. He's not a farmer or gardener. And uh, we had this little house in the suburbs and uh, I tore up the whole backyard, put in this big garden. And finally he's like, okay, I'll buy you a farm. And... So observing the change in myself, Mm -hmm. having a farm, having more space, um, around that same time too, I started at seminary, and there were so many things I was going through in Scripture that were just getting cemented, Mm -hmm. stewarding the earth, growing trees, pruning vines, raising animals, getting goats. I'm the shepherd. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just enriched my time and study Mm -hmm. of God's Word. And so for the people that come out, Really, it was God doing a work on me. Mm-hmm. And as he continues to do a work on me, uh, in Second Corinthians 1, talks about, you know, glory be to the God who is our comfort so that we can be a comfort to others. Mm-hmm. And I really firmly believe that when we let God continue to do a work on us, we're equipped to help other people. So, you know, that's why I started off, like, I didn't know I had trauma. I just knew that gardening, working with animals made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I could... Mm-hmm personally and intimately experienced that transformation um and how god was working on my life so then meeting people out at the farm it was like come on out if you want right like it was just friends from church and we had foster families come out and adoption families and i would just teach them how to hold a chick and i would tell them little stories like you know what in the bible um it talks about how God is like a mama bird and he puts his wings and he gathers up his children and you see this mama hen, how she's going out and she's gathering up her little chick. She's protecting them because she loves them and she won't let anything happen to them. And God does that with us. So I tell these little kids, these stories and then they could hold this little baby chick. And as they're holding this chick, I would just tell them and say, you are being kind and gentle and self-controlled. I am so proud of you. That is amazing. And these kids, they grew up in foster. They might have been adopted internationally. They never had somebody call that out in them, that they were kind or gentle or self-controlled. So they'd go back home, and i get a call from mom or dad later, and they'd say, what did you talk to my kid about when they came to your farm? Like, First of all, I can't wait to come back. Mm-hmm. And secondly, like they were having this outburst, mm-hmm. and they stopped and started talking about, you know what, I'm not feeling kind right now. I'm not really being self-controlled, and I know I can be that. Mm-hmm. And so these kids were becoming aware of their own social and emotional learning because they came out to Miss Jamie's farm, and I, taught, I told them about a chick. So time and time again, I would just hear stories like that. Um, but I, I didn't really think anything of it, and um, we had more people come out, more families come Play groups, then therapists started coming out with clients. Uh, Before too long, we started working with um, survivors of sex trafficking and having uh, people with really significant trauma, PTSD, some veterans come out, uh, people that they weren't getting anywhere with traditional therapeutic interventions. Mm -hmm. And they would come out to the farm, and all of a sudden, like, they learn about how to care. They would see what that feels like to have a healthy relationship and they started healing. And not only healing for themselves, but going out and applying that to other relationships.
1: Zach, sometimes the best kind of interviews is when you can just ask one question, that's and then just <laughs> legitimately, <laughs> then what then just I was cover,
0: saying cover everything else. Like she's dropping so much wisdom. I'm just gonna sit here. I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, like just yeah. don't mess it up. Don't mess yeah. it up. Oh
2: dear, it's no, kind of like I talk too much, or no, like maybe no. I've talked before, right? No,
0: uh, <laughs> like you're passionate about this. Yeah. It's cool because. It's like this future movement, but at the same time, it's tapping into this ancient wisdom. Absolutely. That's always laying right? there right underneath right? the surface. Yeah. And I think about like in this busy, busy world, sometimes the best therapy for me is like just go mow my lawn. Right. Or dig a hole or right. something like something primal where I can turn off everything else, right. all my technology. Right. And just create space to think. Right. And just be with yeah, was designed exactly, to
2: be. and that's a lot of the feedback that we're getting. Um, the care farm concept is fairly new in the U.S., but just like you said, like this is an ancient idea. This is not anything new. I'm inventing. I mean, I literally went to Genesis one to know how to build the care farm. You know, it's like, yeah, we're stewarding. We're gonna we're gonna be after safe relationship and caring, compassionate community because that's what Jesus did. And we're going to try to be fruitful and multiply our efforts mm-hmm. and teach other people how to do it that's, that's I did not invent that yeah. right It's in the Bible and um, and so right and so when when people come out, that's what they're finding. Um, you know we had a group of youth come out and work at the farm last summer. We partnered with an organization up in Georgetown, and they they work with the most at risk and vulnerable youth. And a lot of these kids uh, had been in mental institutions, they were self-harmers, two of them were on suicide watch. We had, we had seven come to the farm for eight weeks and they'd come and work a couple hours a day. And we wanted to try to um, figure out like, okay, is our care farm model working? And our care farm model is integrating several therapeutic methods with the practical farming. and you know, if you start something, you have to prove that it works. So I sat down with these kids and I said, okay guys, what do you want me to measure? Like our mission at Simple Sparrow is learn, grow, heal, right? And repeat. Like it's constant. So give me some ideas how we can measure if this is helping you. And they said, well, you know, we all have self-harm. We all have suicide thoughts. Maybe you could ask us how frequent our thoughts are and how severe they are. And maybe we could see week after week if those go down. I said, perfect. So they're kind of driving this study for themselves. They own it, right? So week after week, what they reported is they had less instances of suicide and self-harm thoughts. They were less severe when they had them. Um, One girl told me that... Uh, one evening she was just in a really dark space and she was gonna hurt herself and she thought you know what if I Hurt myself. I have to go back to the hospital and if I'm at the hospital. I won't be at Simple Sparrow if I'm not at Simple Sparrow Who's gonna take care of the rabbits?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: so wow. right I read there in
0: the blog and that like blew my mind Yeah, mm-hmm. like there was something powerful taking
2: place right in that moment. and this is this is a young woman She's not a believer but there's evidence right there, right? We look at it as believers and we say, wow, God, like he is so big and powerful. The Holy Spirit can put the right thoughts in people's heads Mm -hmm. and that, that might have saved her life. And I mean, it's it's just incredible.
0: Plugging her back into purpose that, hey, you're not only needed here, but you're wanted here. You have a space, you're designed for community. Like you have something to add.
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: this is, man, this is so cool. one i got to say thank you because this is i feel like this is what uh, you know christianity in 2020 in america is missing and that is willingness to think outside the box and innovate willingness to get in touch with wait a minute how am i connecting how am i healing how is that biblical and how do i reproduce that right because yeah. because we're we're all shouting from the rooftops that coming into a large group congregation on Sunday morning in and out and leaving is not doing it right. and so and so what we need is people like yourselves uh, who are really raised up as shepherds, as pastors. you know there are very few churches that would come alongside what you're doing and and put their stamp of approval on it and consider you a key pastoral figure in the community that's helping people draw closer to Jesus. And that's the problem. That's exactly the problem because who cares how it gets done? Are people getting healing and coming closer to the creator as a result of innovation, the very thing that God has gifted us to do. So I love how you have retapped into that um, and, and really helped. Open up minds and thoughts on this. Yeah, I want to double
0: encourage because, like, the whole idea of culture, agriculture, stewardship, like, it's taking what God's given us and then Mm -hmm. using that to further, I mean, really, like, the gospel, the good news. And that's exactly what you're doing. The unique DNA that He's placed inside of you, you're using that. You're not trying to recreate or copy or, you know, do what everybody else is doing. You're doing what he's called you to do. And I think that is awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So,
1: so where are you at right now in terms of what is the next steps for Simple Sparrow Farms? Like, yeah. where are you going and what do you need to get there?
2: Yeah, so um, I came up with the... Well, I don't want to say I, I really believe God led me into this. Um, the idea came to me when I was at seminary. And so I had argued with God, like, no, there's no such thing as a farm ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't exist. Um, so... It's been again an interesting personal journey that God has had me on. Uh, just learning to trust Him more, especially at seminary. You know, all the the guys in my in my classes they were pastors, senior pastors, church planters. They had like a format to follow. They had mentors that were going to teach them how to do the ministry they were going to be stepping into. And and meanwhile, here's me like, <laughs> is, is there any other care farmers out there? Like, is there somebody who can mentor me and Um, and it was, it was challenging. And and like you said, um, just the way that God has wired me pastorally, Mm -hmm. uh, there can be some tension with that as a woman, Mm -hmm. um, in, in different faith traditions. Uh, so, you know, to answer your question about where is Simple Spur going, um, We have spent the past several years just developing our proof of concept and really trying to define who we are. And then once you make something out of nothing, basically, and define it, you have to evaluate it to prove that it works. Mm -hmm. So last year was just um, being able to publish a lot of our studies, those case studies with those students that had come out. Um, I also did, um, I had my time in seminary, Dr. Glenn Kreider is just an incredible mentor of mine, but he let me do a study for one of his classes uh, to see if holding a rabbit lowered blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So we now have that empirical evidence that holding animals lowers blood pressure. Wow. So I think you need to hold a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he he, yeah, he just
0: drank a whole bang energy drink. Yeah, yeah you actually, need to hold we're going to throw a, snack,
2: a snake on a Zach snake. in a minute uh, cool and see what that does it to it his blood pressure. That's blood what pressure, I want to measure. But uh, yeah, so moving forward to the future, yeah. we definitely are about gathering more of that evidence, evaluating the efficacy of our programs and services. Um, We we can look at our our quantitative data, like the sheer numbers of people that we're getting. Um, We serve all ages, backgrounds, and abilities. And so every program that we have is kind of geared for a different age, or it it can be customizable for abilities. So we can work with special needs kiddos. We have a program um, just throwing out this example of how we've expanded and boomed the we have a bunny in a book reading program and it's geared for preschool and early elementary age kiddos we meet every other tuesday at sweet lemon up in georgetown and when we started that reading time it was like i made my cousins come with their (laughs) kids (laughs) (laughs) you know so we had like this little gathering yeah and it grew steadily we've had it now for about 3 years mm-hmm. and 40 to 50 people come every wow. time wow. so i mean we've we've almost outgrown that space we're looking at um doubling up like having it at another yeah. coffee shop or bookstore um you know and on, and then on the school side of things um, we have the ability to travel with our animals places and so that opens up a lot more opportunities out in the community. Um, we are already providing services for schools, but we're looking at doing that more, especially, again, without emotional, the social and emotional learners, um, how we do curriculum like that. Um, we have had conversations with um, some judiciary branches, like providing help and support for victims of violent crimes, for family members who've come on a scene of a loved one, you know how do we how do we right. process that as a community? And right. these people generally aren't churchgoers. They're not going to go and get that support at a church, and but they will come out to the farm. Yeah, and they will come out and hold a bunny. Just,
1: just saying that that kind of stings a little bit.
0: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this is great. So okay, so I see a number of different people that are interested. Some people have uh, are going to want to reach out to you based on. Um, dealing with their own mental health issues or knowing somebody who is... some people are just going to be fascinated more about this idea and, mm-hmm. and see yeah. how maybe yeah. they reproduce it. Yeah. Um, others are more just going to want to hold the pos. Yeah, and the science <laughs> behind it, all kinds of things. Yeah. Possum so what is? Possum. How do people? What, how do people get a hold of you? What's the yeah. most preferred way um, to, to reach you? Yeah.
2: So sending me an email, um, Jamie at SimpleSparrow Farm. You can okay. go to our website, simplesparrow.farm. Farm. Okay. Or on Facebook, Instagram. Again, Simple Sparrow Farm or simplesparrow.farm. Farm. Awesome. Um, So that's how you can find us. Um, We take private visits. We have a care farm therapy team that Mm -hmm. their sole purpose is just to meet people. These are licensed therapists, LPCs, um, occupational therapists to meet clients at the farm. And we also have just an incredible program. Even if you just want to get people connected to the animals, our mobile micro farm, we bring it to you. Uh, It's very similar, those of you out there listening that have ever done equestrian psychotherapy or you've heard of it and you kind of know the principles of that. It's The equestrian psychotherapy is to teach people to have a different relationship with the horse. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're helping their brain learn a different way of thinking, a different way of processing. You're, You're teaching people a different perspective to have with life. So I love equestrian psychotherapy, but you have to go to the horse. And most people can't afford to get 100 acres and a pony. Mm-hmm. So with the Care Farm model, and this is how we've been able to do so much consulting globally, um, is we can customize it. We look at what are the therapeutic interventions already available in that community. What is the farming community like? What can you actually grow there? What animals would thrive in that situation? And there's, usually we have smaller animals, so we can travel easier our goal again is we want to multiply this. Mm -hmm. We want people to um, take this into their own hands. Like Mm -hmm. this is what God has given us to put in our hands. And we've lost the art and the knowledge of stewardship. So we're just educating people how to, how to take that back. And it just happens to be therapeutic.
1: I love it. I love it. All right. I have one last request before you leave either myself or Zach has to handle a snake.
2: You guys didn't hold the snake yet. No.
1: no, so I want the possum. You no no no. You get the snake. Yes. Well, here's the. <laughs> it's How what, about we flip this a coin is for cha- it? Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: this is what I feel unlucky. You gotta, this is what challenged me. I we like. got a quarter. I want we a better a dime, a nickel, a penny. What? I want to better care for people by learning to better care for animals, like patients. Self you know self-control i'm all about kindness. that you're gonna start with a so snake so i need to start right. with something small no. and fragile <laughs> like okay my wife all right.
1: um, for the record we may need a to, for video evidence on this i'm gonna flip a coin i have a quarter in my hand yeah okay. tails you hold the snake tails. heads i hold the snake
0: okay we're in agreement tails you hold the snake heads i hold the snake
1: <laughs> no Tails you hold the snake Heads I hold the snake Here it goes Heads you hold the tail of the snake I'm not touching it I won, oh, I, won. Son, I won I won Did uh, I really can't. win? Shit Alright alright <laughs> Let's do this Let's do this Okay um, Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. just I don't, yeah. Did I win? Yeah I, I, you, I, you, I, well, you won You won, you won, you won, won Zach team. Unless so this, I, is, I, this is like a Hunger Games If you want to evolve this to yourself as tribute No You can do it No I've never touched a snake in my life Nor have I had a desire to do it uh, but I can already feel my blood pressure rising, so yeah. I know that the reverse study is accurate. Okay. No, 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 no. The study what? was with rabbits. I know. I know. I know the reverse. Right. What's
2: snakes? But this is really good. I, okay. So let me unpack what's happening right now okay. for your listeners. So yeah. right now, we have effectively activated Joe's brainstem. So if yeah. you like... that at,
1: time, That is yeah. a big can of bang that i had right before this episode yeah goes. so
2: you're yeah. you're pretty like peaked right now right. there's there's a wonderful psychologist neurologist his name is Stan siegel he has yeah. this thing called the hand model of the mind okay and it's super simple but it's you are right here in your brainstem, like that would be like the palm of your hand. Okay, And so you're feeling the feelings, like maybe fight, flight, or freeze, uh-huh. and then primal, right? Like your reptile brain. Yeah. I'm it's, not going to run with a okay. reptile okay. brain. So okay, I'm, I'm more, so I but you're you're afraid. like trying to calm it. down. Yeah. Your yeah. your Don't blood pressure went snake. up. Your the palms yeah. of your hand might be a little sweaty. And yep. so this is what people with trauma with PTSD almost constantly feel like that. Yep. They're constantly in that state of alert. They're constantly being triggered. They're in fight, flight, or freeze. And so when we are in our fight, flight, or freeze brain, we can't be in the limbic, which is where we feel our feelings or understand our feelings. And we definitely cannot be in our cortex, which is where God designed us to like think about things, to be rational, logical, relational people. So...
1: This makes some brilliant sense, but yeah. if, if I like, sit here any longer, I'm gonna change my <laughs> mind.
2: You right, put because you're thinking about your feelings now, and now you're like trying to go back to your cortex. Oh. Okay, so here's yeah. Xerxes, and, and we th- actually it, um, we use Xerxes. to I teach read Genesis this.
0: one, okay, and it talks about snakes. Oh my
2: god! But you're right; it's primal though; yeah. it's a threat. So yeah. I'm not gonna force this on you. He looks I'm gonna hungry. let you have he total. He does look
1: hungry. He's licking your arm.
2: He's, oh, he's smelling. They don't lick. This okay. is Xerxes. He's a ball python.
1: Okay, what am I supposed to do with this? So thing? hold
2: your hand up. I'm going like to, he's very he's smooth. There you
1: go. Oh, How's he going to? He's Joe, not. Get, here, I'll hold your mic. Oh, my God, I'm holding Yeah, I got a snake. you.
2: Here. Okay.
1: So my mom is uh, in this glass window behind you. She does not know a snake is in the building.
2: Should we put it around your dead? neck, Joe, for her?
1: I, I, I feel like she's going to, she needs to see this.
2: Do yeah. you, we no, should no, put no. it around your neck. Okay, I've no, got okay, I've got ten right. year old boys that come out to the farm, okay. and hold hold <laughs> snake. Why, you, the snake. The first time. You're just gonna hold still. It's like
1: a hug. Wait, are you, you don't okay? know Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. He, this is ridiculous.
0: Joe, the first time you're just going for it.
2: Okay. I'm. He's balled up because he's a ball python. Here we go. <laughs> Do we get this reaction. Can
1: we get this reaction, please? Mom. Come
2: on in. Oh my God. Are you ready? It's
1: going to choke me.
2: It won't choke you. It's
0: time for the podcast.
1: Yes. You're up next. Come on in.
2: <laughs> you're doing okay. it. Let's go you're right doing down. it. Yeah. You're Let's, facing go, your anxiety and you're building resilience. Is there any
1: studies on podcasts giving somebody PTSD? <laughs>
2: No, I'll give you a rabbit uh, next, and it'll lower your blood pressure. We'll fix okay. it. We'll fix it. Right. Right. We'll right.
1: thank you. All right. Uh, oh, oh, he wants a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> a buddy. Do
2: you need the bunny now?
1: Give Zach the bunny. He needs the needs uh, bunny. Give, give the wuss the bunny. <laughs> I'm going to sit down, and we'll read you a story as you hold the bunny. Okay. Also, y'all have an event called Chickapalooza.
0: So for all our 20 young male listeners oh, yeah. in the listeners, Austin area, you, you want to be a
1: Chickapalooza. Yeah, you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're single, uh, you need to check out Chickapalooza. <laughs> all right, here you go. Are you nervous? How are you feeling uh, right now? I feel pretty good. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you, you going to be okay? I don't, I don't know. I have a little
0: PTSD from that book, Watership Down. Is there? Oh. And then they made us watch this terrible, you terrible. No, this this part. rabbit won't kill
2: you. Is, is there okay. any
1: way we can get this bunny to? just Just urinate all over his white shirt well it looks like he already kind of tingled on the floor yes i have a five-month-old i'm used to it
2: so what i'm doing is i put the rabbit on his left side Uh and what that does is that activates the right side of his brain which is better for calming and coping people like helping them calm down so if y'all know like weighted blankets that's what we're doing with the bunny it's warm it's soft Joe might need that. He might. Do you need a bunny, Joe? I,
1: don't, I feel like I need a... I need, you can, can pet. I, can no, I you pet? Yeah, you can, can pet it. Is he going to so, like, leave?
2: No. She's just getting comfortable. She,
1: oh, Good. Yes. Bite, <laughs> the, bite the hell out of him, buddy. No, she's got A nibble of, on his ear. She's got
2: kind of pokey claws. So but she'll, she'll sim- simmer down when she knows that you have her. So what the rabbit does is you're petting. And when we do that rhythm and re- repetitive stuff, it actually helps regulate our brain. So that's why um, you'll see people when they're waiting in line, they kind of go back and forth. They're actually trying to keep awake or calm themselves down. And so going side to side is like a neutral regulation. Um, So we're aware of all of these things, these therapeutic sensory things that we're doing at the farm. And we are trained to be able to recognize where people are at and then how to introduce something in creation to regulate them.
1: This is amazing. Jamie, thank you for what you're doing. Already. Yeah, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. Um, thank you. So Simple Sparrow Farm, you guys yeah. got to follow, get in touch, um, and get on. I'm sure you have email list, but definitely yeah. follow on social media. Yeah. And uh, you're going you're gonna to hear more from Jamie in the future, I'm sure. Oh, so thanks. thank you so <laughs> yeah. much for being like a part a of this Hanna episode.
2: Like a Jack thing? Hanna thing? Well, and the, the important thing for everybody out there, if you can't have a farm, just get outside. Take, take yep. care of something, steward something, steward yourself, steward another person, go for a walk, like just enjoy creation.
1: Yeah. What's your
0: favorite
2: animal? My favorite animal are my goats.
1: Oh, God. Well, I'm glad you didn't bring goats, <laughs> but that would have been better than the snake. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Thanks,
2: Joe. Thanks, well, <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
0: For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.